TII item 305, May 1st, 2014. Freedom Pop interview. Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at Lynda.com. To start your free seven-day trial, visit lynda.com slash T-I-I. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is Today and iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Michael for sending in the music here in the background. Michael wrote, Hi, Rob. Here is a meditative piece I put together using GarageBand on my iPad 3. The world can be a busy and stressful place. Sometimes we need to gather some much-needed space for quiet meditation. If your listeners would like more meditations, they can... Find my stuff at thespacewithin.podomatic.com. Regards, Michael, Ontario, Canada. Thanks, Michael, for the music, and I won't hold it against you that you're hosting at Podomatic. <laughs> and folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode, of course. I also want to thank Matt for sending in the artwork for today's show. Matt wrote the following. Hi, Rob. I took a screenshot of the Find My iPhone location screen. I used the Aftertext app to apply a Polaroid filter and to add the text. I find the Find My iPhone app quite valuable because I'm always misplacing my phone and my iPad mini around the house. When I'm in a hurry to leave, I use the play sound feature from the iPad to locate my iPhone. It's a great time saver. I also recently used the play sound command to hail my wife in a semi-emergency that required her attention. Now I just need find keys, find wallet, and find sanity, and I'll be set. Regards, Matt S. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Matt, thanks again for sending in the artwork. And folks, you can see Matt's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 305, or if you subscribe via the iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios, and of course over on the Google Plus community as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, I edited it up and like 800 people are going to buy the iPad. It's not the iPad is a failure, it's just a product ahead of its time. No one should actually buy this iPad. Between its inevitable first-generation bugs, fulfillment problems, and buyer's remorse over added features and price drops, it's heartbreak waiting to happen." Unquote. Molly Wood, CNET, 31st January 2010. Hey Molly, I guess I'm a little confused. Was it just 800 people that are going to buy the original iPad, or was it going to be fulfillment problems? Because I'm thinking just 800 people buying, uh, yeah, that's not going to cause fulfillment issues. You can't say no one is going to buy it, and Apple will have issues delivering it in the same breath. That's like having your own Apple negativity cake and eating it too. Just saying. This week, we have promo codes for an iBook titled Purgatory, 13 Tales of the Macabre. And here is the review from the author. Hello, everyone. My name is Junior Lopez. 
I'm an iBook author and write under the pen name of A. Lopez Jr. I'm here today to give away five copies of my horror novel, Purgatory, Thirteen Tales of the Macabre. In the spirit of King, Layman, and Little comes a collection of thirteen tales and short stories. In the name of research, a world-famous horror author spends a night alone in one of the most haunted houses in the land, Ritter House, only to discover that reality is more horrific than fiction. In Road Trip, a man must travel across state lines to identify his brother's dead body and drive him home in the back of his car to a mortuary that's run by a dead man. An old wooden box in a warehouse holds a story all its own in the crate. A trip to Purgatory will open the door to these stories and more. More info on this title and others, including book trailers, can be found at alopezjr.com. Thank you. Thanks to Junior for his review of his iBook, Purgatory, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this iBook, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Purgatory in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer or an iBook author like Junior, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Thanks to Diane B. for this next one, which is one when I first read about it, I was pretty skeptical. But then you watch the video of this news report from the TV station KUSA 9 News in Colorado, and well, there's no doubt about it. This is a story about a scheme going down at an Apple store in the Denver area. Essentially, the story goes like this. A very bad man goes out and recruits homeless people and others desperate for money to come in and sign up for an iPhone at the Apple store. Then once they get the iPhone, he gives them a couple hundred dollars for the new iPhone and tells them they can cancel their contract in a couple of days which is not true. Well, they can cancel, but they can't cancel without uh, certain consequences. And then the person desperate for money also gets, well, in addition to the money, bad credit when they default on their contract. The very bad man, while not an Apple employee, was clearly in the video known by a couple of the Apple employees. He would be in the store, basically camped out with those desperate for money who then signed up one at a time and as each one finished up, he would call in the next one from a queue outside the store. Again, it's not an Apple employee, but it, it was someone at least a couple of Apple employees had to know was up to no good. Shame on the Apple store manager for not shutting this down. And ultimately, it was the mall security that chased off the bad man in this case. Apple has not commented on this yet, that I know of. But if you watch the video... You can't help but wonder what the heck that manager of that Apple store is thinking. And I'm sure at Apple headquarters, they are thinking the same thing, probably with some expletives in there. Especially, again, given that the Apple store in this case was presented with evidence of something going on and then did nothing. Not a zip. Nothing. I'm guessing that Apple store manager is going to be looking for a new job shortly. No word if this type of scam is going on at other Apple stores, definitely not one of Apple's better moments if you watch the video. Per Tim Cook's comments on the quarterly call about all the Android to iPhone 4S switchers, well, Johnny Evans over at Computer World put together a nice 
Android to iPhone Switchers Guide. So if you are one of those new switchers or have a friend or relative or coworker or combo thereof that you know that has just switched, you may want to send them to this article. It is short, but covers some key basics. I think the key one for switchers to remember is the home button is your friend. Not sure where you are? Just tap it to get back to the home screen. The other key point I liked in the article is about software updates. Android users are not used to these, not often at least. On iOS, Apple updates quite often comparatively, and many updates are bug security updates, so best to install within a couple of weeks of their release, unless of course you are jailbreaking, but let's assume you're not. And to check for updates, go to the settings app, then tap on general and then software update to see if there is one available or if you are up to date. So what did Verizon say about iPhone sales on their last quarterly call? Well, actually not much at all, and really basically nothing. They stopped breaking out percentage of iPhone sales for smartphone sales. They did not even mention Apple or Android for that matter. Just talking generically when talking about smartphones. They did say smartphone penetration was 72% of total phones on their network. So 61.3 million were smartphones. Of those, 22 million are 3G smartphones and 23 million are basic phones. They see a good opportunity for upgrades this year to 4G smartphones. That means there are 45 million potential users that could upgrade to the iPhone 6 in the fall as a minimum, and that is just at Verizon. Sprint had their quarterly call this week as well, and the iPhone and Apple were not mentioned at all either. What was mentioned just three times was smartphones generically, as Android is not mentioned at all either. What Sprint said is that last quarter, 94% of postpaid handset sales in the quarter were smartphones, and really nothing else of interest. Thanks to Chris in London for the heads up on this next one, which is Sprint related, and that is about the MVNO that works on the Sprint backbone, Freedom Pop. They, that's one word, Freedom Pop. They just announced they are carrying the iPhone 5 for their service for a sales price of just $349, which includes a plan where you get 200 minutes of talk, 500 text messages, and 500 megabytes of data for the low, low, low cost of free. Yep, as in no monthly cost, not a zip. Sound too good to be true? I kind of thought so too. So I contacted them and asked them to do an interview with me, and they replied, and here is my interview with Stephen Cesar, the COO of Freedom Pop. Note, this was recorded on Tuesday, April 29th. FYI, this interview is 14 minutes and 15 seconds long, so if you are outside the U.S., you can jump forward 14 minutes and 15 seconds from here. For those in the U.S., you will definitely want to listen to this, especially if you own a Sprint phone, iPhone that is, already or have kids and are looking for a plan for them. Here we go. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Well, you guys had some announcements today with regards to uh, iOS and iPhones and apps. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're super excited about uh, basically unveiling um, our iOS strategy. Um, Freedom Pop to date has really been um, Android-focused, offering uh, free, voice and text plan, free voice, text, and data plans on the Android platform. And with today's announcement, um, we're actually extending our same free level of service on voice, text, and data to the iPhone. Uh, that includes iPhone 4, iPhone 5, 
And we actually also do have on top of that uh, an over-the-top app where you can actually get free voice and text across all carriers. Pretty excited about the announcement today. One of the things is you now have the iPhone 5, $349. So Apple's making these for you? These are new or are these refurbished? Yeah, these are refurbished phones. Um, okay. There's not a direct relationship with Apple today um, to build out a specific phone. Um, mm -hmm. What we've actually done is actually build a, a capability on, on the refurbished side of the house. So we actually do have a team that's out there procuring these phones, uh, refurbing them. And, and for us, uh, you know, what, we, what we enable, we kind of re-realm it. Um, so the voice, text, and data are all passed through our network versus kind of you know, one of the other carriers. So yeah, it's a refurbished phone. I'm assuming these are 16 gig versions. I didn't see anything that stated what the storage level was on them. Yeah, they, these are these are the 16 uh, gig versions. But uh, that being said, what we also announced today, just to be totally clear, um, we also have a bring your own device program okay. that supports the iPhone 4 and 5 as well. Um, so if those iPhone 4 and 5s were Sprint phones to start with, correct? That, that, that's right. They, okay. they have to have been on, on the Sprint network first, but nevertheless, so basically it kind of goes across not just 16 megabyte phones, but you know, across the, uh, the full spectrum, uh, gigabyte phones, across the full spectrum of, of the Sprint iPhone lineup. And your basic service, as I understand from your site, is it's free for the basic plan. 200 voice mm -hmm. minutes, 500 text, 500 megabytes. The 1099 month plan, it's month to month, cancel any time, unlimited voice, unlimited text, and 500 megabytes of data. What's the overage on that? And is there an option to buy additional blocks? Right. So, so we have our basic tier of service, which is our, 1000, our 200 voice minutes, 500 text, um, and 500 megabytes of data. And then that's kind of our free tier. Our paid tier which on a monthly basis is $10.99. And by the way, you can actually get that discounted up to you know, roughly 40% per month by prepaying on a one-year plan uh, to get that price down to under 7 bucks a month. But basically what we're actually delivering there is uh, unlimited voice and text, and that's what you get, and still the 500 megabytes of data. If you want to upgrade into a higher data plan, you know, one gig data plan is about uh, $9.99, and uh, there, is no, there is no additional tier on the, on the voice and text from that perspective. Um, on, the, on the freemium plan, you have 200... 200 voice minutes, 500 text. Um, there is no additional uh, block of voice and text that you can buy. What you would do is basically upgrade into our unlimited plan. Here's a question people ask. When it comes time to overage, do you get a notification that you're now hitting your overage? We, we do send out alerts and notifications um, when you're getting into your data overage. That's right. There's no notification on to today that we're, we're building that in uh, via both email and text. Um, for, for voice and, and for text. Um, but for the time being, we, we do have alerts and notifications for your data. Notice you also have plans for Wi-Fi and tablets. And part of that was bring your own device. If I, say, have an iPad mini or, or the new iPad mini retina, will it work with a Sprint iPad mini or Sprint iPad mini retina? So, so what we actually have to do is provision each Sprint device onto our Bring Your Own Device program. Um, and I don't believe um, that we actually do have uh, one of the tablets um, launched and ready uh, for the BYOD program. That is certainly in the works. Um, that being said, what you can do is pick up one of our you know, super cheap 4G hotspots um, that we're actually selling online for anywhere from uh, $24.99 to $29.99, depending. And yes, you can actually you know, just use our hotspot to get that free data bucket if you want. And in that case, we actually do give away 500 megabytes of free data. Um, we actually do sell uh, two gigabyte plans for you know, 
$17.99. Um, so very reasonable. Um, and the data overage um, in that context, you're talking about uh, you know, a, a penny per meg um, is what we're actually selling the data for on. And, and just to confirm, the, uh, the overage um, price on the data for the phone is actually two and a half cents. So I, exactly what I thought it was. Okay. Yeah, because I'm actually looking at your Freedom Spot Photon Platinum. So I'm looking at that because shipped to you is $31.98, and then that gives you 500 meg of free data. So for my kids that have the two iPads that are Wi-Fi only, throw that hotspot in the back seat, go on a trip, and they can play Minecraft with each other off that hotspot and then go do a little surfing for um, Netflix. But that, that comes back to the question on the hotspots, when you hit the overage, are you notified? Or, or is, by the time I get to the end of the trip and the kids have watched six hours of Lab Rats, I am now going to be paying $10 a gigabyte on overage? You're, you're absolutely uh, notified. Uh, we, we have alerts and notifications um, okay. that we send out uh, based on usage. And then what we're actually building in is some additional functionality, some customization, where you can actually set up um, the level of notifications that you want. So based on certain levels of usage, that you're actually notified via both email and what's coming uh, next is uh, via, via text as well. Um, so you do get notification, and also you have functionality. So um, basically there's just a hard stop, um, which we actually call um, auto top-up. You can turn on or off. So if you actually want to enable ongoing use of service, which you know roughly I'd say 75% of our users are actually uh, don't like to have their internet experience stopped for any reason. Um, they're alert and notified about their usage. Um, they can also download our toolbar um, for, for notification. They can download our app to monitor their usage. But they actually keep our auto top-up enabled. For those that um, actually do want a hard stop on the data, make sure that they have a fixed capacity limit per month and don't go over the free amount and allotment, they can go ahead and, and turn off that feature. As a parent, that's what I would go for because you never know when the kids are going to be on and what they're doing. And if you tell them to do one thing and they're doing something else in their backseat, you're not paying attention and boom, over your data plan you go. Yeah, exactly, especially if your kids are hardcore gamers, no question about it. I'd, I'd turn off the auto top of feature as yeah. soon as I got the device. Well, they're Netflix users, so it's even worse. Got it. <laughs> True. So, yeah, so, um, okay, so yeah, that's actually one thing. I Personally, I'm looking at it again. I looked at the pricing, $32, and you get the device sent to you, and that's six hours of uh, backup time. So that's pretty nice. It really is a great device. And for the, for the use case uh, that you just described, we're actually, we're, we're actually going to be launching a connected car kit, which basically includes a, uh, a charger, a car charger, um, for the device. So you know, just like you said, if you're on a road trip, the whole family is basically doing a variety of different things on the phone. You don't want to blow through your data with your existing carrier, uh, whether it be on an iPad, uh, whether it be on an iPhone, what have you. Uh, pick up one of our hotspots, uh, super cheap. Even the data rates, when you go beyond that free amount, uh, are still the cheapest in the industry. Um, and we're, we're calling it the Connected Car Kit, which will be launching in the next few weeks. What's the name of the app? And talk a little on the app side again. We've got a lot of feedback in the marketplace. Um, uh, there is some frustration that we're kind of limited to the Sprint network today. And what we thought made a whole lot of sense, um, that we, we kind of moved into a carrier agnostic model. And the only way to do that is actually to deploy an over-the-top application um, where we're able to deliver, you know, our, our, our motive here is to save consumers money in, in everything that's related to telco. So whether it's data, voice, or text, um, so long as we can deliver on that mission, we'll participate there. With the over-the-top app that we just launched, um, we're giving away free voice, free text, and then over time, um, we'll be building in kind of paid buckets 
um, of different plans that we have um, to use kind of more data and, or excuse me, more voice and text kind of beyond the 200 uh, voice and 500 text um, that we're actually going to have in our free bucket. Um, and then over time, we're also going to try to do things to save consumers money on the data piece, despite the fact they're actually not on our, our Sprint carrier network, and they're actually working off of other networks. And, and some of the things that we're going to be building in there, um, things like compression data, um, we can actually get two times the amount of, of data with your existing carrier by actually using our application. So for us, it was, it was the ability to extend the brand and expend the, extend the Freedom Pop experience across all carriers, not be restricted just to Sprint today, and allow users to uh, have kind of a light touch of the Freedom Pop experience uh, with an over-the-top app. And the name of the app again? It's uh, the Freedom Pop app. Freedom Pop just, app. Just Freedom Pop. All right. Yeah. And that's in the iTunes App Store, and it's live now. Yeah, just uh, just got uh, basically went live yesterday. I'm already seeing thousands of downloads. We're very excited about the initial traction on it. But uh, we'll certainly be uh, making lots of improvements to that app in, in very rapid cycles over the next, uh, or I should just say, over the coming months. So um, we're kind of staking some claim in the over-the-top app space. Um, and we're actually, we've, we've hired up, you know, quite a few iOS developers uh, internally, um, and we're, we're making a pretty big uh, play here um, to support iOS across all our products and services going forward. Back from the iPhone 5, if people want to get that now, new users, get it for their kids, just go to Freedom Pop, sign up. Now, are you covered everywhere where Sprint is? So if someone has Sprint coverage now, or is it, are you limited some areas where you're not available? We're, we're, we're covered everywhere. I mean, we, we, that's exactly right. And, and as Sprint continues to roll out the LTE network as well, we'll have full coverage across that network as well. They're uh, essentially going to have 100, uh, pops by the end, 100 million pops by the end of the year. Um, so coverage across on the LTE basis is going to improve over time. Uh, but yes, uh, we have coverage across 3G um, and also LTE um, on the Sprint network. There is no limitation. Are you worried about running out of iPhone 5? We've kind of been in this game um, on the procurement side for refurbished phones, um, you know, going on two years. And, you know, with every announcement and launch, you know, we've, we've kind of learned the hard way that we have to make sure that we've stocked up the number of devices to be able to support those launches. So uh, quite a bit of learning here. If we sell out, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty darn good thing. Um, not going to be any complaints here, but uh, we, we certainly plan for it. Uh, we have the supply today uh, to accommodate, you know, what we believe is going to be, you know, rather significant demand on the phones. Well, you never know. The iPhone tends to sell out quicker than people sometimes anticipate. So I hope you have the, uh, the issue of trying to uh, find new, more iPhones quicker than you thought. True. Good, good, good problem to have either way. Uh, we, we, we try to try to forecast that a little bit better than we had historically on some of these announcements. Um, you know, truth be told, we Typically, historically, we did sell out of, of, of our different Android models that we had, you know, within like 24, 48 hours. So we, we try to try to do a significantly better job um, buying ahead, um, forecasting a bit better. Um, and to your point, obviously, there's going to be significant demand when you're talking about the only free plan in telco um, attached to an iPhone. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. And, and, and we try to plan accordingly for that on the supply side. So uh, if we run out, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a good thing. Uh, but we actually do have a nice procurement process and path to be able to take on more devices um, to, meet, to meet the demand. So we're not, not too concerned on that side. I ask this, someone goes and they, buys the, they buy the iPhone 5 from you, 349, they get a plan. A couple months later, they want to take that iPhone somewhere else. Where else would it work? Or is it locked in only uh, to your network? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's not locked in. Um, you know, we, we participate in Sprint's Bring Your Own Device program. Um, so you could effectively uh, migrate over to uh, another MVNO, uh, another uh, Sprint partner, or um, actually over to Sprint themselves. Um, so you have alternatives uh, if, for whatever reason, kind of unhappy with the service. We, we don't expect that to happen, um, but it's not like you're locked in. Uh, you know, there's, there's no contract. Uh, we're a monthly carrier at the end of the day unless you want, you know, discounts, want to prepay for, for in advance for additional months. Uh, but you're, you're certainly not locked in. This is our big commitment to the iOS community. Um, after we've had, you know, just overwhelming uh, support and interest um, from kind of the iOS uh, community, the app community at large, about offering and enabling our product and services, we're putting a stake in the ground. We're committed to it. Um, we're hiring up in, in, internally for it. In fact, uh, if there's any iOS developers out there that are looking to, you know, join a very innovative team um, to help the cause, um, you know, we're certainly we're certainly uh, interviewing and, and, and bringing on more, more heads here, but uh, we're very excited about it. It opens up you know, the market that we can uh, kind of pursue uh, kind of beyond Android. So, you know, all in, we're, we're very excited about the announcement today. All right. Do the app developers have to move to L.A. or can they be remote? Yeah, we, we, we can talk about it. depends how good you are. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 prefer, we, we prefer to have a, kind of the whole team centralized here. Uh, we've got a, a pretty, pretty incredible, um, very uh, kind of rebellious uh, kind of fun startup atmosphere. There's no question. And it can't beat the weather. It's about like 89 degrees right now. It's only 10 a.m. So it's hard, it's hard not to like it out here. It's great culture, a lot of innovation. Uh, there's been actually a lot of MVNOs that have kind of played in the space in L.A. Great culture all in. But, uh, yeah, we, we would expect a person to work here. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a superstar, uh, we'll certainly consider you. All right. Well, again, Steve, thanks so much for coming on the show today. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Steven, the COO of Freedom Pop, for coming on the show. If you want to find out about their app, search for Freedom Pop, one word in the iTunes App Store, and select the app, Freedom Pop, free voice and text. Link in the show notes for episode 305 as well. Full disclosure is that I have nothing to disclose. There was no payment for that interview. There was no any way, shape, or form, any monetary incentive or anything else. I just wanted to learn about them. And as I said, I'll be getting one of their hotspots, the $30 one, and the free 500 megabyte data plan a month. It will be nice to have a mobile hotspot to take with me so the kids can get on Wi-Fi when we need them to be able to get on there with their iPads. And of course, if you have a Sprint iPhone or are looking for a new phone for your kids, you can go ahead and go over to freedompop.com and you can look at their free voice plans or their, you know, buy ahead. You can buy two years ahead and it gets down to like less than five bucks a month. And I think it's less than $7 a month if you dial a year ahead of time. But great plan. Even if you go month to month, it's just $11 a month. So pretty nice offering. Check it out, freedompop.com. Thanks again, Stephen, for coming on the show. Thanks also go out to Linda for sponsoring this episode. If you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a free seven-day trial to their service. They offer over 2,000 high-quality video courses taught by industry experts. These courses cover subjects including business skills like SEO, viral marketing, content marketing, and negotiating. There are software video courses covering MS Office, Adobe Creative Suites, Final Cut Pro, and of course, there are also iOS app development courses. There are over 25 iOS courses available at lynda.com. If programming is not your thing, but you want to get more out of your iOS device, there is Shooting with the iPhone 5S by Ben Long, released April 4th. 
It goes over the differences between the 5S and an SLR and takes you from beginner subjects to the more advanced topics like understanding what the heck HDR is and how to make the most of it. And of course, there are courses and tutorials on many, many business and software topics. If you are looking to improve your position in the workforce or just improve the pictures of your kids, there are many, many tutorials for you at lynda.com. And again, this is an all-you-can-eat monthly service just $25 a month, watch anytime and as often as you like from your computer or iOS device. There, there are searchable transcripts read along with closed caption transcripts, and you don't need to take my word for the breadth and quality of these tutorials. You can check them out right now for yourself for free for seven days by going to lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-I-I. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this episode. Hey, Rob, this is Mike from San Jose, California. I wanted to ask you and your listeners, what is the best app or the best option for an external, or not an external, but for an additional phone line? I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm an aspiring amateur caricature artist and illustrator and I've been posting a few of my drawings and designs on Instagram. I have a Facebook fan page. I have a I have a Twitter Twitter account for my artwork and DeviantArt account and Behance account. And I'm also developing a website, and that'll probably take the place of a lot of these social networks. I'll just start uploading to the website. But anyways, I'm starting to get out there and I'm starting to get some inquiries and I would like to work with people and I, I am kind of trying to work with people but they're all strangers. I don't I don't know a lot of these people and I don't feel comfortable giving out my phone number. I did make a, a Gmail account specifically for my artwork and, and art inquiries but it would be nice to talk to people and at least give them a phone number so they could call me and leave a message if they want to change something or add something or or refer someone to me or whatever. It would just be nice to give them a phone number. But my iPhone is the only phone that I have, and I'd rather not give out that phone number to strangers if it's for business or whatever. So I wanted to know, I, I know there's Google Voice. I kind of did a little research on it. I, I'm still not 100% sure if that's what I'm looking for or even how it really works. Because uh, I would, like I said, my iPhone is all I have. I don't, I don't, I'm not looking to forward calls. That, I guess I'm not sure what I'm trying to do. I just want to give out, I just want to safely give out a phone number to possible art inquiries and you know they could call it maybe it'll ring to my phone maybe it's a phone where they could just leave a voicemail message or whatever i'm just looking for whatever kind of options out there and uh maybe i could use one of those for my phone and maybe get some art slash business inquiries so anyways rob if you have any ideas or any thoughts please let me know and I'll see which one works best and probably give you some feedback on how it goes. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. Bye. Hi, Mike. Well, one option is the Freedom Pop app. You get a phone number with that. So right there is one option for you. You can also do what I do for this show, the 206-666-6364. That's a 206 Moon Dog number. That's from K7.net. Now, that won't ring to your phone. That's purely voicemail. 
So when people call, you can call anytime that number, folks. Doesn't matter. My phone doesn't ring. But what happens is when someone leaves a voicemail message on that number, the voicemail is then automatically emailed to my email. So I see the voicemail message come in and I take it from email and I bring it into the show. But if you are looking for a number that's not just voicemail, then again, look at the Freedom Pop app as one of the options. And folks out there, if you have some other options that you can recommend for Mike, please give us a call. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I have the 5S and have updated to the newest iOS version. The Apple Podcast app bug has not been fixed. It's very annoying. Regards, Janet. Hi, Rob. Yep, some buttons still intermittently missing, even with the 7.1.1 upgrade. Regards, Glenn. Hey, Rob. It's Tim from Chicago. Just calling to report that 7.1.1 doesn't appear to resolve the issue with buttons disappearing in uh, iOS apps, particularly the podcast app. That's really the only app I use that I've noticed it on and uh, tested it uh, several times, and it appears that the buttons still disappear. It may seem to be as um, not as frequent now, but it's still there. And thanks for the show, Rob. Bye. Thanks, Janet Glenn, Tim. And yep, today I was listening to the Revolutions podcast, and sure enough, the buttons disappeared on the podcast app. So I'm seeing it too. So obviously the Slurpee Time update, that'd be the 7-Eleven update, did not fix the missing buttons. Maybe it'll be in the 7-12 update. We are now well, well over 600 members and almost to 700 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Actually, if I had accepted all the spammers that have been trying to get in, we'd be well over 1,000. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One question in the G Plus community this past week came from Joe Jackson, who wrote, quote, Hey guys, quick question. Is anyone having an issue updating their Apple TV to the new software? My Apple TV says there is new software that needs to be updated, but when I try to update, it says the system uh, needs to be restarted and does not do the update. Just checking to see if anyone else is having this issue. I have a second gen and a third gen, and they both say there is a software update. Any thoughts would be appreciated, unquote. First up, if folks out there, if you have an Apple TV, hey, there's an update waiting for you if you have not done it already. If you have, it looks like most responses are saying you did not have an issue. But if you are having an issue, like Mr. Joe Jackson, try a reset to factory settings and see if that solves your issues. And yes, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of other posts in the Google Plus community and all in an Android boys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. And folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to the 600 plus, almost 700 of you that have already joined in the community and are contributing. And by the way, if you have submitted to get in and you haven't been accepted, email me, todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know because I have been excluding people that one, aren't using the real name. So if you're not using your real name, you have some company name in your Google Plus community ID, I pretty much try to kick you off right away because first off you're supposed to have your name in a google plus and second that's usually a good sign that someone's a spammer and second if you do apply and i look and see you have lots of posts about pro android stuff yeah i don't even think about accepting you so if you are listening and you haven't been accepted and you submitted prior to this episode going live well uh you're gonna need to email me because i've rejected you 
Thanks to all that sent in links to this next one, which is with regards to the iPhone 5 and Apple replacing faulty power buttons for an issue they say a small percentage of users are seeing. From Apple, quote, iPhone 5 models manufactured through March 2013 may be affected by this issue, unquote. Apple is offering this service free of charge, as you would expect, to those with iPhone 5s that exhibit this issue and, and is the keyword there, have a qualifying serial number. But my guess is all you need to do is show that your iPhone 5 is having an issue at the Genius Bar with the power button and point them to an article about this and they will replace the unit. But if you are not having an issue, and chances are you are not, then you likely will not get it replaced. You see the email bag. Hi, Rob. I was wondering if you know when is the latest that we can own Apple stock in order to take advantage of the 7-for-1 stock split. Any info would be greatly appreciated. Regards, Brent. Hi, Brent. According to Apple, quote, each Apple shareholder of record at the close of business on June 2nd, 2014, will receive six additional shares for every share held on the record date. And trading will begin on a split-adjusted basis on June 9th, 2014, unquote. So it looks like June 2nd, you need to be the owner on record for the stock, which means you will want to purchase it probably at least two weeks beforehand just to be safe. Obviously, things will change and vary from broker to broker. And speaking of my comments about Apple stock on the latest episode being stuck between a range of 475 and 575, well, it broke on through to the upper 590s this week, which was really nice to see will be interesting to see when it gets to over 100 after the split, or will it get to $700 before the split? Probably not much chance of that, but guess we will see what is announced on June 2nd at WWDC. Maybe something announced uh, then can move the needle prior to the actual split. Thanks to Cretan for the link to this next one, which is a post titled, Apple, What Do the Bear Say Now from Seeking Alpha? Here is a quote I really loved from this article. Quote, Let's just remember that Apple blew out estimates and Google missed estimates, which just happened to be Google's ninth miss of revenues and or earnings in the last 10 quarters. Unquote. Think about that. Nine out of 10 misses of revenue and or earnings in the last 10 quarters for Google. Yep, it seems Google for the past couple of years could do no wrong and Apple could do no right. I wonder how much of this had to do with some bloggers and websites being afraid of writing something critical of Google, as they fear their site blog might be blacklisted or marked down in the Google ranking system. Not saying that Google would actually do that, because that kind of be evil. But I am saying I think there are some out there that are afraid to get dinged by Google, or realize that writing something bad about Apple drives traffic, and writing something negative about Google could hurt your page rank and placement in search results. Guess it's a good thing I do a podcast. Maybe that's why Google hates podcasters. We don't care about Google page rank. So they have no control over us. That's what I love about podcasting. It's the most sincere form of communication on the internet because you're really not afraid of what you say coming up in some search results somewhere. Doing the proverbial switching gears, Apple updated their MacBook Air line with faster processors and a lower price. I bring this up not because I want to step on Ken Ray's shoes, this is not a Mac podcast, but because when you look at what you get for $899, or 
with the MacBook Air, it makes you wonder what is going to happen with the next iPads. For example, the top-of-the-line iPad Air with Wi-Fi is $799, just $100 less than the bottom-tier MacBook Air. Both get you 128 gigs of storage. One is a touchscreen, the other full, has a full keyboard. One is 9.6-inch screen, the other is an 11-inch screen. It just seems when you look at the specs and the prices, they are pretty close, and I don't see where a 12-inch or larger iPad would fit in this price curve. Just something to think about when we start talking about rumors at the end of the summer for the next iPads. But then again, maybe I'm just overthinking things. <laughs> yeah, like that would ever happen. And in Apple's mind, maybe these are two completely unrelated items. Maybe they don't even look at it. Yeah, okay. But then Tim did say he thought more and more people would be going to the iPad versus a computer. Thanks to Kristen London for this next one, which is more signs of a new Apple TV coming. Yeah, I know, starting to sound like a broken record on this. Well, this time, it's about code found in iOS 7.1, where it makes reference to Siri and support for Apple TV. Well, okay, it makes reference to Assistant, Apple's name for Siri in the code, and it references a 3 for the family type it supports, with 3 being the code for Apple TV, and 1 and 2 being iPhone and 2 being iPad. Clearly, this would mean a new Apple TV, likely with a brand new remote, as the current remote and Apple TV boxes do not have a mic input, so adding Siri to a box with no mic input does not make much sense at all, unless there is a new device coming to the Apple TV family. Maybe they are holding off releasing the next Apple TV until WWDC after all, and if so, maybe that is good news for an Apple TV app store. We shall see. I know I've been saying that for the last couple of years, haven't I? <laughs> One of these years I'll get it right, and all those new listeners will go, Wow, he's a genius! When it comes to leaked pictures of future Apple gear, the French site NowhereElse.fr has a pretty good track record. And now they have leaked CAD drawings for the case of the iPhone 6. Or so I think they say. Again, the site's in French. Supposed dimensions are 6 millimeters for thickness versus the current 7.6 millimeters for the iPhone 5S and 5.4 millimeter thickness for the iPod Nano, which is just about as thin as you can go with a lightning port. Maybe you can get a little bit below 5.4, but not much. So 6 millimeter thickness is believable. For the width, they have it at 67 millimeters versus 58.6 millimeters now, so definitely wider in your hand. And 138 millimeters for the length versus 123.8 millimeters now, so it's also longer. By the way, even though it's much wider and longer due to the decrease in the depth of the unit, it's about the same volumetric amount as the iPhone 5S. The 5S is 55,135 millimeters versus 55,476 millimeters, so very small difference in volumetric uh, area. So that means the weight of the iPhone 6 will be pretty much dead on where the weight of the iPhone 5S is right now. That, of course, assuming that the CAD drawings on NowhereElse.fr are real. When we talk about iOS products, we almost only talk about the iPhones and the iPads. It seems that the iPod Touch sometimes gets a third-class designation. The ugly, red-headed stepchild of the iOS family it is. 
And when Apple does not even break out its numbers in any of the conference calls on the iPod, or even mention it for that matter, well, that just adds to the lack of respect that it's not getting or getting, however you want to phrase that. That all said, Opera MediaWorks released some web traffic numbers, and that lowly iPod Touch, yeah, it is responsible for more web traffic than the BlackBerry and Windows Phone combined, and then doubled. The iPod Touch was responsible for 3.15% of global web traffic versus 0.18% for Windows Phone and 1.14% for Blackberries. Overall, iOS devices combined for 38.17% of global website traffic. Androids come in with 42.83% of traffic, but it took thousands of different hand Android devices combined to beat the 20 or so iOS devices. Thanks to Steven in Arizona for this next one, which I really thought was going to be one of those kick Android stories, as it is about 99% of new mobile threats were for Android. 275 out of 277, to be precise. And really, is that so surprising? But it was one of the other two that caught my eye. One was for Symbian. Okay, expected. The other, let's call it threat number 277, it was for the iPhone. Huh? I said. So I dug into the report to find out more about what was going on for the iPhone. And well, here is what they said. Quote, a security researcher first reported finding a suspicious library used in popular framework for app development when installed and run on a jailbroken iPhone. The malware hijacked various advertising modules and installed apps to display its own advertisements. iPhones that have not been jailbroken are not affected. Unquote. Okay, now... That explains a lot. So essentially, if you are not jailbroken, again, there were no mobile threats for you. If you are, well, you might get some ads you were not expecting. Now, if we go over to the Android side, the types of things that can happen to you from those threats include complete financial ruin with the banking Trojan to major financial headache with the premium SMS Trojans. There was plain data theft, and the ability to turn on your camera and microphone to record what you're doing. There was also others that turned an, uh, that Android device into a Bitcoin mining bot that hogged CPU and drained your battery. Yeah, good times. But in the main, when we say Android, people say, wait a second, not secure. What's your response? Not secure? It's more secure than, than the iPhone. So... So despite what Eric Schmidt says, last quarter, there were 275 new security threats for Android versus one new one for iPhone. And the iPhone was just for jailbroken phones, and it resulted in you getting different ads to ignore than you would have ignored otherwise. On the Android side, new threats could result in your battery wearing down early, you going over your data plan early, having video or audio recordings of you taken without your knowledge, all your contact and personal data stolen, financial headaches with premium SMS charges, and total financial ruin with, from your banking info being stolen. But in the main, when we say Android, people say, well, not secure, well, not secure, well. not secure. And this, folks, is why I am glad I do an iOS podcast. I can look in the mirror and be proud that I recommend this platform for you. I could not do that if I was doing an Android podcast. It'd make me feel swarmy, like a hypermarketer or business coach. I had to recommend Android. Ugh, just saying. Hello, Rob. This is Stephen King of Virginia, and I just wanted to give you some feedback on Square Trade. 
Uh, my son dropped my iPad 3 over the weekend, cracked the screen very badly. Um, I checked my Square Trade warranty on it, and it had three weeks to go. So I went online, tried to file a claim, said my claim was approved, and that I could either take it to the Apple Store or send it to them or take it to some other place and get it repaired, and then they would you know, refund me the money. So why not take it to the Apple Store where it's going to get the best service, in my opinion? So I took it to the Apple Store. They replaced it on the spot with a brand-new iPad 3. I called up Square Trade and said, yeah, this is what they did. They charged me a $300 service fee to send out my old one and replace with a new one. They said, fine, we'll give you your $300. And then I said, well, since they gave me a brand new iPad, I'd like to buy a warranty for that, but it's not available on the website. It only has iPad Air or iPad second gen. I did this via email and I thought it would take some time to get some feedback. The very next day, a guy called me and said, we need some more information got the information, explained to him it was brand new. He said, no problem. They refunded me a couple dollars, which was remaining on my existing warranty, canceled that one and signed me up for a brand new two-year warranty with all the discounts that were available. So I got a two-year warranty for like $88 with no deductible. So overall, I am deeply surprised and amazed. And every time I turn around, these guys have just knocked it out of the park. So I highly recommend Square Trade to anybody else. My experience has been amazing. And uh, I will buy Square Trade warranties on everything I get from now on. So just wanted to thank you for the heads up on it. I wouldn't have heard about it if I wouldn't listen to the show. So thank you again and keep up the great work. Thanks. Hey, Rob, this is Steven in Virginia again. I forgot to mention that I chose the Amazon gift card as my um, payment option from Square Trade for my out-of-pocket expenses. And not only did I get that the very next day, but they gave you like a 3.5% or some kind of bonus on the on the gift card. So not only did I get my $300 back, but I got a bonus on top of that for choosing Amazon and it was the very next day. So I just wanted to mention that because I thought that was amazing too. Again, thanks so much for opening up my eyes to Square Trade and I appreciate the show. Thanks. Bye. Steven, thanks for the feedback on that. And folks, remember if you are getting a new iOS device and you'd like to get a Square Trade warranty, don't forget to go to squaretrade.com slash TII if you're getting an iPhone or squaretrade.com slash TII2 if you're getting an iPad. Both of those links will give you very nice discounts. Thanks, Square Trade, for those discounts for the listeners. Back into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I dropped my iPod Touch 5th Gen 32 gig. It got bent backwards since it hit on the aluminum back. Do you or any of your listeners know if Apple will replace this? I don't know if I still have a warranty left. It works just fine. However, this has almost turned me off on iOS. I'm considering switching to Android, but I doubt I would actually do it. Regards, Samuel. Well, Samuel, first, not sure why you dropping your iPod Touch and getting bent is turning you off on iPhone and making you look at Android because you could drop your Android device and it could break as well. That said, if unless you got the fully extended warranty on it when you purchased it, the extra warranty, it won't be covered. It's not going to be covered. Uh, drop and damage that you do to an iOS device is not covered on the standard warranty that comes with that. That's just for defects. You have to purchase the extra one or you know, go and get one from Square Trade. So no, I don't see that they're going to be replacing that for you. Uh, you can bring it to the Apple Store and ask them, but uh, if it's working fine, uh, you know, you're just going to have to live with it that way. Hi, Rob. Do you think Apple will have an iPhone 6C, the cheaper model, uh, with the plastic thing, I say the iPhone 6L equals larger, 5.5 or 5 or something, and the 4.7 maybe. Regards, Michael. Hi, Michael. I think what we might see is iPhone 6 and maybe an iPhone 6 
Pro? I don't know. iPhone 6 Air for the the standard size? Maybe, you know, the current size is the 6 Air. The 6 itself is the 4.7 inch. And if they have a 5.5 inch, the 6 Pro, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what will happen. But I don't know if they're going to do the plastic thingy again. It's hard to say. They've got to have something, I guess, down in the lower price range. Uh, maybe they'll just stick with the iPhone 5C as is and continue on with that as it is and get rid of the iPhone 4S next time around. So maybe come September, end of September, the iPhone lineup looks like this. iPhone 5C is your free phone. iPhone 5S is your $99 phone. iPhone 6 Air is your $199 phone, and then you've got your iPhone 6 is $299, and your iPhone 6 Pro is $399. I, again, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what Apple does with the lineup come the fall. Now that I go back and listen to that, yeah, forget it. The 199 would be the iPhone 6, and that would be the 4.7-inch, and the 5S would be your $99 one. So, yeah, no reason for Apple, if they're going to do a larger one, there's no reason for them to do also a 4-inch device. You already have two 4-inch devices, the 5C and the 5S. Those are your 4-inch devices. Then you do the, five, the iPhone 6, which is the 4.7-inch device. Maybe you do a 6 Pro, which would be your 5.5-inch. Again, be very interesting to see what happens this fall. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I was wondering if you know of a means by which I can do a keynote presentation using my iPad connected directly to a projector. I am an associate lecturer in a local university, and I have been asked to do a keynote presentation but I cannot guarantee they will be using an iPad-compatible projector. Can it be done by connecting an iPad directly to a projector, or do I need some kind of software installed? By the way, do all my work on the iPhone 5S and iPad 4th Gen. Regards, Tosin O. Hi, Tosin. What you need is Apple's Lightning to VGA adapter. It is $49 from the Apple App Store. Not the App Store, but the Apple Store. It should work fine with the keynote and your iPad and a projector, or at least that's what it says in the description. Uh, Max from Rockford. But uh, there's a lot of people complaining. There's no innovation in Apple because they didn't get what they wanted during the announcement and all that. Well, that is crap. You're right. There are hundreds of companies making stuff for the freaking Android market. and I don't want to be any part of that ecosystem. I don't care how cool something is. I will wait for Apple. Any day. That's just nonsense. It is crazy talk. This much your sense. Bye. Rob, it's Max from Rockford again. Just wanted to add something to the call I just made. It's the whole ecosystem where you get the viruses, never knowing what program's going to work on what device, the gear you buy, never knowing what's going to work on each device. All that crap is just stupid. But like I said, there's hundreds of companies. Well, are you no better than I to how many there are. But there's hundreds of companies making stuff for that ecosystem if we want to call it that even i'm just mad now people we can't get everything right now they give us everything right now then people can say apple's in innovate because they gave it all to us already i like what they're doing even though i was a little disappointed but who cares i thought there'd be a little more of a you know something on the mac side but all right now i'm done ranting bye thanks max and that's a call that max sent in oh back in the fall that i just got around to getting up on the show because it fell through the cracks a little bit into the email bag hi rob we met 
with you during CES 2014, we showcased the iBlazer LED flash and the Loon case smart cover for iPhone. You asked us to provide you with more info about the Loon case when it would be ready for public launch. After that, we spent the three months improving the product and came up with the all-new Loon case. We are now launching our second Kickstarter campaign. This is totally new technology, and we believe it'll be a great story to tell. Regards, Vlad Tislenko, CEO of Conceptor. And, well, Vlad, thanks for the heads up on your Kickstarter project, which, folks, you can find by searching for Looncase, L-U-N-E-C-A-S-E, one word, at kickstarter.com. This project just went live a couple of days ago, and they're already past their goal of 50000 You have until June 5th at 1 p.m. Central Time to fund this project. They describe the Loon case as, quote, an intelligent case that receives notifications from iPhone powered by electromagnetic energy, wireless, smart, elegant, unquote. Right now, there is a 39, this is a $39 case, and when you have a call coming in, you see the icon on the back of the case light up, indicating it's a phone call, with only the electromagnetic energy feeding the case to light up the logo. If you get an SMS message, a different icon lights up. It may sound a little like magic, but it's not, and I did see the earlier prototype working at CES for this. Is this a bit of a parlor trick of a case? Yep, but that is the fun of it. It's one of those neat things that is a conversation piece. Plus, it does light up when you are on a call and talking, which is nice. And just think, if the extra energy can light up the case, imagine what it's doing to your brain. Another good reason to use earbuds. Anyway, if interested in learning more on this, and seeing what the case looks like, search for a Loon case at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 305 over at todayinios.com. Thanks to Nathan on this next one, which came in right before I was ready to set recording and I did not really look this over, so buyer beware. At least I didn't look it over as much as I normally do, but it looked neat. Think Dick Tracy neat. It is the roughest cuff, R-U-F-U-S space C-U-F-F, Project Ruffus Cuff, Project on Indiegogo. Quote, the Ruffus Cup is the world's first wrist communicator, unquote. Boy, I hate this name on this thing. It had a goal of 200K. It has raised over 266K and climbing. They have until May 17th to get in. You have until May 17th to get in on this one. And current pricing left starts at $279. This device lets you do voice and video calls right from your wrist with your iPhone secure in your pocket. It has on an on-screen keyboard, so you can reply to text and emails from your wrist. They say it has a full web browser and fitness options as well with a motion det detector. And again, I did not look into this too much as the five-hour energy drink was already down one hour and I needed to start recording. But if you are looking for a Dick Tracy-type wrist communicator and have been looking since you were a kid, here you go. Search for Rufus Cuff at Indiegogo.com or in the show notes for episode 305. If anyone gets this, let us know how it works out. One last thought on this. Um, I can see on the Android side where this is important. Android devices have gotten so big, it's nice to have a smaller device that you do key things from while you keep your Android phone in your backpack. 
Maybe if Apple comes out with a 5.5-inch iPhone, as in one of those rumors, this would be a lot more interesting for iPhone owners. So box time. Kudos to Christian Stanfield for using his iPad to record the taunting and bullying happening to him at school. And a big boo to South Fayette High School for not protecting him and listening when he complained. And a bigger boo when he brought a recording of evidence of said bullying and they responded by calling the police on him for making the recording. From the article on this, quote, Principal Scott Milburn, boo hiss, called the learning disabled boy a criminal and pressured him into erasing the recording. He called the police, the principal called the police, and Lieutenant Robert Curta of South Fayette Township Police interrogated the boy as the associate principal and the dean of students looked on. At first, Stanfield was threatened with a felony wiretapping charge. In the end, he was charged with disorderly conduct and he was convicted by a judge in court in order to pay a $25 fine, unquote. Eventually, the charges were all dropped because all those idiots came to their senses. And it, Christian um, is, will likely be suing the school to change their policies towards bullying, not for money, but for getting them to do an injunctive cha- uh, lawsuit. But one thing in this case that is of interest is that when a recording like this is made, even in a two-party state like Pennsylvania, that two-party recording, that two-party notification does not apply to a public setting like this where bullying is going on at school because there is an anticipation that the public will be hearing it. So that was nice to read about that in the article. There have been other cases where parents that thought their kids were being bullied sent them to school with an iOS device recording what was going on and were able to get that recording that would, if you had listened to any of those, would break your heart as a parent. Sometimes technology like this can change the lives of kids that go through hell at school. Anyway, kudos again to Christian Stanfield for using his iPad to change his life at school and to help get the culture of his school changed. And boo for the principal and, the, and others involved in this case that, uh, anyway, soapbox back down off, sorry. Yeah, did I mention when I was a freshman in high school and sophomore, and junior for that matter. I was five foot eleven and about 105 pounds. Yeah, and I was also in the D&D club, so not hard to guess which side of the uh, bullying I, I was involved in. So I've got a soft spot in my heart for those that are being bullied. Ironically, later on, I blossomed out to 200 plus pounds and was playing rugby, so you never know. I was just a late blossomer, unfortunately. Or a late bloomer. Blossomer, yeah, nice English. One question I had from a few people is, did iOS 7.1.1 improve or degrade battery life? Well, if you are asking, it probably did neither for you. However, if you Google iOS 7.1.1 battery life, what you see for the first 20 results are 18 articles that basically say it improves your battery life. And the other two just asking what you found out. Interestingly, I can't remember any time in the past where 90% of the articles stated that the battery life improved after an update, with most of those articles saying it improved quite a bit, by the way. Honestly, myself, I have not noticed improved or degraded battery life, and anyone that emailed in about battery life getting worse, I reminded them, with updates of late, Bluetooth gets turned on automatically and to turn it off, and that usually did the trick for them. But right now, at least, 
from the articles out there, there really looks to be the biggest consensus I've ever seen that an update helped battery life. So if you are having issues with battery life and have not updated to iOS 7.1.1, then it looks like it's time for you to do that. Just remember to turn off Bluetooth afterwards if you are not using it. This is Marisa Giancarla from Pocket Fiction and I want to talk about our latest game, iEmpire. This is a native iPad client for the classic multiplayer strategy game Wolfpack Empire. This client supports advanced features like scripts, multiple screen orientations, and more. This is a freemium app, but don't let that scare you off. The only thing that you have to pay for is playing multiple games at once, which very few people do. For more information on iEmpire, go to empiredirectory.net. Almost all our games are completely free and open source, just search for Pocket Fiction, one word, in the App Store and enjoy them. And remember folks, if you are an iOS app developer and your app is free and you would like to get it featured on the show, obviously not at the promo giveaway part, but later in the show like this, just send in the 60 second or less review and I'll put it up on the show. And as always, you send those in to todayinios at gmail.com. To the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I'm looking for a specific app and after looking at all the options in the App Store, I thought you can send this question out to the listeners and see if they can narrow down the options for me. I need an app to record my mileage at various locations on a trip. What I would like is to sync my mileage from the odometer to the app, then start the trip. When I get to a location I need to record the mileage, click a button on the app to record the current mileage. I know the GPS mileage will be different from my odometer, but the error between the two will not be an issue since I will only be recording mileage for about 400 to 500 mile trips. Like always, thanks for all you do. Your podcast is the only one I listen to. As soon as it's released, I always learn something from each episode. Regards, John. Well, John, thank you for the kind words. Have you just thought about taking a picture of the odometer? I mean, that's what I would do. Just each time you get to a place, just flip open the camera, take a picture. Um, but that doesn't give you any real information, but I guess you could take a picture of the odometer and then take a picture of where you're at, and maybe that'll help you remember. But uh, folks, if you know of an app for John here, please give us a call, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email back. Hi, Rob. I would like to tell you about an issue with the latest update to the app. This app is cpro slash craigslist pro by escargo studios they released a new version of the app with virtually no changes not any that seem to enhance the app but you now have a huge pop-up that asks you to do an in-app purchase even if you've already purchased it before and this pop-up comes on every single time you open the app the developer is refusing to honor any previous purchases and apple will not do anything about it uh, i that I know of because I've been going back and forth with them for all week. I think Apple is not doing right by the customers in this situation, and I'm extremely upset. Please tell people to start placing complaints for this or similar situations. Maybe if they get enough people to complain, they will do something about it. Regards, Hector. Hi, Hector. The thing to do in this situation is to rate the app with one star and put in a review where you complain about the issue. If enough people put in one-star reviews, they will, that is the app developers, will likely do something about this. Not Apple, but the devs. 
And that is where you need to focus your efforts. Uh, enough one-star reviews on an app with written reviews in there to boot, and you'll see the app developers changing their tune pretty quick. Hi, Rob. I've been seeing several articles today detailing how Touch ID is faster and more accurate on iOS 7.1.1. I'm wondering if anyone in the jailbreaking community has come up with a way to add those improvements to Touch ID without updating to the latest iOS and losing the whole jailbreak. Any thoughts? Thanks, Michael from Seattle. Well, Michael, I'm going to throw that one out to the listeners. I haven't seen anything about that, but... I know there's some heavy jailbreak users out there. If any of you guys know of anything for iOS before 7.1 that is jailbroken that gets you up to the full functionality of 7.1.1 with regards to Touch ID, please let us know. Give us a call or send us an email. Rob, Fred, and Raleigh again. I recently upgraded to an iPhone 5S, and once again I tried to implement iCloud. I've rejected it twice before due to duplicate contact and calendar entries, but Apple employees assured me that that was fixed. Right. I've spent a few hours fixing up duplicates, but I do like the idea that calendar entries and contact changes get updated right away on multiple devices via iCloud, so I guess I'll live with the problems, especially those that are presented by the fact that I'm using Outlook. But I found that my host-based photo albums were missing from my new iPhone. And all my podcasts were present but unsubscribed. So this generates two questions for you. One, now that I've resubscribed to my podcast via the podcast app on my iPhone and the updates are coming via Wi-Fi, should I unsubscribe to them via iTunes? Number two, is the only way to get changes to my host picture albums via iTunes? And does this interfere with iCloud photo stream updates? Thanks, Rob. Fred, I'll answer that first question about podcast subscriptions. You should leave those active in iTunes. And on the second one for the photos, I'll throw that one out to the audience. If anyone can help Fred, give us a call or send us an email, 206-666-6364, 206-MoonDog, or todayinios at gmail.com for the email. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sure on the, on the photo ones because I don't do any of the photo syncing with iCloud. Uh, I just do it strict into iTunes, between iTunes uh, and the iOS devices, and I try to keep them off of iCloud for the photos because they just have way too many photos. Thanks to Dr. John for this next one. It is an article in USA Today that runs down all the apps in Apple's new 90-second ad power, which shows many cool things you can do with the iPhone. It features the apps Star Walk, Instant Heart Rate, Word Lens, Amplitude, ClearTune, GarageBand, Vocalize, and the TI app. Okay, well, maybe not that last one, but it should have. So now you know the apps featured in that ad, if you have seen it, and if not, you can see it at, the, at Apple's website or likely on YouTube with a parody or two as well. Links in the show notes for all those apps. Thanks again to Dr. John for the heads up on this next one, which is an article in Business Insider talking about what Apple will build when it gets to 1 billion credit cards. And really, is 800 million not close enough? Just saying. Anyway, one item I liked from the article is where it talked about iTunes' e-commerce business already is doing 4.6 billion in revenue per quarter and growing at 11% a year. If that was a standalone business, for example, it would be in the top 150 companies in the Fortune 500. Head of Qualcomm, Kraft Foods, Whirlpool, Southwest Airlines, and General Mills, just to name a few of those smaller companies out there. 
That again is just the iTunes business for Apple. That 800 million credit card number or 800 million number of credit cards, however you want to phrase it, is way ahead of Amazon, which has around 200, 250 million credit card info. So combine the biggest collection of credit cards in the world with a business segment greater than all but about 150 companies worldwide, add in a sprinkling of Touch ID for secure transactions and then iBeacons, and wow, you're starting to look at a mighty big player in the mobile payment segment. And once Apple enters, likely the biggest player. June 2nd could be a very interesting day indeed. Health and finance, I think, will rule the day with a sprinkling of Apple TV. Hi, my name's Declan, and I've just been having a few problems with my iPhone 5 recently. Me and my dad both have iPhone 5s, and they are on iOS 7.0.3. And we are both on the same account. We both have the same Apple ID, and, you know, on the same account. So, um... When we obviously got the same, um, were put on the same account, I went into my FaceTime and selected my phone number so that when people called me, only my phone would ring. He went into his settings and selected um, his phone number in FaceTime settings. But whenever someone tries to FaceTime me, both phones ring. Or whenever someone tries to FaceTime him, both phones ring. And I don't know why, because we've both selected our separate numbers... But it's starting to get a bit annoying because when someone wants me, it rings on his phone as well. So he takes his phone out thinking he's got a call and it's some random person. Well, it's not random, but he doesn't know the person. So it's a weird number. So he's answering like, who are you? And the call's for me. So I was just wondering if you had a solution and it would be really helpful if you did. So thanks for listening to this. And uh, yeah, bye. Hi, Declan. What you need to do is go into the settings app, scroll down to FaceTime. And then under FaceTime, there is, you can be reached by FaceTime at, and then deselect your dad's contact information, and then go into his phone and deselect your contact information. You're going to see them both there. So they'll still be there listed, but make sure you don't have the check marks next to his information on your phone and your information on his phone. But again, settings app, FaceTime, and then under, you can be reached by FaceTime at, and then only select the information that's relevant to your phone. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. What is a better podcast app? Apple's podcast app or Downcast? P.S. My favorite is Downcast. Sincerely, Zachary. Hi, Zachary. Most people that have used Downcast prefer it over the podcast app or any other, or so it does appear. I think Downcast has many nice added features. That said... I personally use the podcast app myself for any show that I listen to that does not have its own standalone personal app, or at least a good standalone personal app. My preference is for the show's dedicated app, like the TI app for this show, or the Mac OS Ken app for that show, or WTF app, or the Girl on Kai app, but I'm a wee bit biased. For general podcast surfing and consumption outside of the dedicated apps, I like the podcast app because I like to see what Apple's app can do as it is the most used app for podcasts. I also like the Stitcher app, and the newest one I hear the most good things about is the Castro app. Please note, I am not saying there's anything wrong with the Downcast app, and it is probably the one that I have heard the most good things about. Folks, what apps are you using now for podcast consumption? 206 666 6364 206 or todayinios at gmail.com, let us know. little update on the Office apps for iPad. 
seems that they've added the ability to print from them. Microsoft said that was the number one requested feature. Who would have thunk? Hi, Rob. I just wanted to call in. I know that you say when you're restoring or setting up a new device to make sure everything's backed up. I made sure everything was backed up, but I want to give everybody a word of warning. Um, when I made sure everything was backed up on my computer, I restored from an iCloud backup, uh, which was also backed up, so it was fine, except I wasn't near my computer. My Wi-Fi lost connection during the backup when I was putting everything on my iPhone 5S. I had to put it in recovery mode uh, to then back everything up, so it made it uh, harder to do. So if you lose Wi-Fi connection, it may make it go into recovery mode. I just wanted to make everybody aware of that. So make sure you are near your computer when you back up for that uh, reason. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you will get a seven-day free trial to their service. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show and for the free offer. Happy seven-year anniversary to us. That's right. April 29th was our seven-year anniversary. The show is older than the iPhone. And I just want to thank everybody who has contributed over the past seven years for all the great feedback and support and well wishes. And guys, again, thank you. If you want to know when new episodes go up, look for the TI app, not just as the best way to consume the show, but also as a great way to get push messages when a new episode goes live or there is other iOS breaking news, just $2.99 in the App Store helps you get the most out of the show and it helps support the show at the same time. Plus it makes it really easy to email or call the show with your feedback. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment per something someone else said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, or product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I always am looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. 